thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. So, um, I've asked three people to do something for me this morning, um, and so I'm just going to invite them up quickly. Alison, Marie, and Unmill, okay? Because we're just doing a series over the Christmas period. Come on, come on, you come. And uh, these three were tasked before the service started. I gave them the job of observing what happened. Okay, so I said to them, write down what has happened. Will this microphone work? Is it, will it work now? What? No, okay. So I'll use this one. So I asked them to write down what has happened since the service started to the notices. I said they can write it historically so that in a hundred years' time, if anyone is really interested what happened at Springmount Church on this day, at this time, we would have an accurate reflection of what it was, okay? So Alison informs me that this is her profession. She's a professional observer. So I'll come to Alison last. So unmill. <laughs> So I'm going to ask Unmill to read the things that he's observed. By the way, if there are any children, I know Katie's got some things planned. So if you want to go and do something with Katie, she's she's there. You don't feel you have to watch and be bored by me. So Unmill, can you just read what you've written down for me? Sure. So the most unprofessional observation of mine. Um, So at this time, 11.20 on the 3rd of December... We're all alive and breathing. Yeah, yeah. That's the first. Is that your first observation? Yes. <laughs> Everybody's in a lot. We haven't got any dead people in the room. That's good. Um, good start. Um, there's a lot less of us today. There's a lot um, less of us. Yeah. Uh, and we're more covered up than usual. Um, you're wearing a Gap t-shirt. I'm wearing a Gap jumper. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, your first choice of drink for the day is a vanilla coke. Oh, vanilla Coke Zero. Yeah. All the Cokes are available. Yeah. yeah. Um, if my counting is correct, there's 11 plant pots in the room. <laughs> <laughs> 11 plant pots in the room. Very observant yes. of you. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, some of us aren't sitting in our usual places. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we like to see this people moving around. Was that your observation, then? You don't have to go any further. That's fine. Okay. Uh, I've just got one last oh, one. Oh, one last one. Um, uh, rain, hail, sleet, or snow. Um, God was still worshipped. God was still worshipped, even though it snowed. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, thank you, Unmill. So here we go, here's Marie, my second observer. We're coming to professional in a moment. Um, So we're going from 11 o'clock. The countdown begins on the screen. There's music playing uh, during the countdown. Uh, People are arriving. I can hear chatter and laughter. The service then begins. Paul welcomes everyone. Uh, next bit, amazing worship, especially the a cappella, amazing. Um, then Johnny does the notices, <laughs> and I put in brackets, looking a bit stubbly. Yeah, my power went <laughs> off. The power went off in our house at 11 o'clock last night. That was my night. observation. So I haven't been able yeah. to have a shower It's a bit stubbly. Or, yeah. um, 
Uh, then Shirley shares about boxes, 400 referrals, was it? 400 referrals, wow. Delivering week commencing the 11th of December, uh, Johnny starts the sermon. And I've also put that the ivy's looking a bit dead on yeah. the drum box. Yeah. It looks really nice, but we need to maybe replace we could get some it with fake. some fake. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I put I'm loving the plants. Okay, but yeah. Cal- okay. yeah, excellent. Very good, very good. Thank you. Okay. Alison. Okay, I said to Johnny I'd need a bigger bit of paper. <laughs> <laughs> So my uh, observation was mainly focused on what was going on at the front here. On the 3rd of December, we've got 30 seconds to go on the screen. Paul and Donna are chatting at the front with 30 seconds to go. They're laughing about something and they're fiddling with earpieces along with Sam. (laughs) Johnny stands at the keyboard. He smiles at Paul. He smiles at the congregation. Paul gives a good, good morning introduction. Johnny's scrolling his iPad during the introduction. Johnny then rubs his hands together. I've put, are his hands cold? Question mark. Johnny then moves his glasses and he pulls his jumper down. You're very focused on me here, Alison. Paul tells everyone to worship and dance to keep warm. The band starts to play. So we sing first, he's coming on the clouds. Johnny's closing his eyes and singing during this time. There are beautiful harmonies. The next we sing Water You Turn in the, Into Wine. Johnny's on the keyboard, Sam's on the guitar, Paul and Donna are singing, Steve is on the bass, and Wes is on the drums. Johnny looks at Paul and says something. There's a little conversation going on. Um, they then start to play I Cast My Mind to Calvary. Everyone is singing along. Johnny pushes his glasses up his nose again and Quite starts regular. singing. Just during the voices... So the band stopped playing for that. Johnny looks at Paul and then removes his earpieces. Uh, He walks forward to pick up a microphone thingy, piece of equipment, um, switches his mic on, twiddles the earpiece, uh, talks to the congregation about wellies and the snow. And then he picks up his iPad and it's the announcements. So while he's doing the announcements, Johnny's moving around. Um, he gesticulates with his left hand. He's holding his iPad in his right hand. Um, then he scratches his forehead. Shirley comes forward. Johnny passes the mic to Shirley. Shirley can't reach. Oh, no, the mic doesn't work. Hang on, page four. How many pages are Johnny, there? mic doesn't work, so Johnny helps. Shirley has to use another mic, and she can't reach. She's on her tiptoes. Shirley's speaking to the congregation about needing help. Um, then Johnny scratches his neck again. <laughs> uh, he carries the music stand to the middle. He puts his iPad on the stand. Moves his glasses up his nose again. I need to go to Specsavers, yeah. And then he speaks to the congregation. Very good, Alison. Very good. I can see why you're a professional, is all I can say. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, you three. That was much appreciated. And uh, you might be wondering, why on earth did we do that? Some of you might have already cottoned on. But um, we're doing a series over Christmas, over the December, called uh, The Case for Christmas. Now, if you've I don't know what your background is, whether you come to church because you're dragged here, whether or not you've had much church background, but there's a few good books to read that talk about the case for Christ. So there's a, The Case for Christ, which is by Lee Strobel, um, the shorter version, The Case for Christmas, which is by Lee Strobel, but then there's also a, um, a, a, a I think it was a CID or an FBI detective that wrote one called Cold Case Christianity, and he looks at it from a detective's perspective. So actually, the reason I got those three up was really, we have the four Gospels, don't we, at the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
And a lot of people, sometimes, one of the arguments that some people give is, oh, but there's differences. Well, can I just point out that we've just had three people who've observed exactly the same thing. Ummil was obviously more interested in the gardening going on and how many plant pots there were. Alison had a very, very scary focus on me. I think she did say she was going to write down if I pit my nose, so she obviously spent a lot of time looking at me. And then Marie gave her a much different overview. But three people observed the same thing and wrote totally different accounts. Would you agree? And actually, the things that went on weren't that important. So actually, when we look at the Bible and people question the authenticity of the Bible, the very fact that there's differences is actually a, a positive thing. If you wanted to make something up, you'd make them all match because then everyone would be like, oh, absolutely, that's right. And we're going to look in this case for Christmas at a few different categories. And today we're going to look at eyewitnesses. Because if you looked in a court case or in a police interrogation room, one of the things when you're building a case, the most important thing is, what do the eyewitnesses say? What do the people say that are there? Now, in a hundred years' time, if anyone really wants to know how many times I pushed my glasses up my nose then all they need to do is say, Alison, have you got those notes you wrote down? If anyone wants to know whether the ivy was alive or not, they need to just speak to, to Marie. And actually, all of us that are here, hearing those accounts, would go, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. We heard that, we saw those things. So as we head towards Christmas, we're going to have a look at the evidence. Now, it's very ambitious to deliver all of this in a very short talk on a Sunday morning. It's very ambitious to try and cover everything. So I'm not even going to try and cover everything. I'm going to give a little bit of a brief overview and I'm really going to focus in on what the Bible says. But if you want to look at other things, as I say, the Alpha Course has got lots of information on it and all those other books have. And it basically tells us who Jesus was. People often say, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. You can't say that. There is more historical evidence for Jesus than there is for Julius Caesar, than for Alexander the Great. And that's including the number of manuscripts, the number of people that wrote it, and the number of accounts. You know, many people struggle to believe in Jesus, but we will look today, not at whether he was here, but who he was. Who do people say he was? Who do you? Jesus asked his own disciples, who do you say I am? And Jesus, this Christmas, is the reason for the season. We celebrate because he was born. But we can't have Christmas without Easter. He was born to die, to rise again, so that we might live and be forgiven. So we're going to look at some of the people who saw and lived with Jesus. And the first thing to recognise before we go any further is that the four gospel accounts of Jesus have been acknowledged as accurate by other historians, not just Christian ones, and they've been recognised as being without false statement or legend. So that's interesting. So there's a lot of facts in this series. I hope it's useful, but I hope also it helps us to focus in on why we worship. So in terms of Christmas, Jesus' birthday was probably more likely to be around the spring because that's when shepherds watch their flocks outside and wash their socks as well, probably. Who knows? But the early church emphasised epiphany. It's funny, isn't it? We have all these traditions that we follow, and yet sometimes we think, why do we do it? The early church mainly recognised epiphany, which was on January the 6th. Does anyone know what epiphany was marking? 
No. Well, if you don't learn anything else today, you've learned something new. Epiphany was the marking of Jesus' baptism. So January the 6th, apparently, marks Jesus' baptism. December the 25th was decided in the year 385 AD. It was decided by Pope Julius I, and it was chosen as a date to challenge the pagan festival of the Roman god Saturnalia. And his festival was all about social disorder and immoral behaviour. So the church decided, right, we're going to challenge this. And instead of people celebrating in this way, we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the one who came to save. That was the reason December the 25th was chosen, not because that date was the actual birth date. So we need to not be too hung up on those things. Sadly, isn't it, that today... Greg's had to shut last night early because of social disorder and immoral behaviour. <laughs> and sadly, our society seems to live that way now. So let's look at some of the statements that there are from Luke's Gospel. If you've got your Bible with you, we're going to turn to a few passages. We're hopefully going to look at it and we're going to do more than just me spout facts about Christmas. Okay? So Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 4 says this. Luke says this. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. That is the four-verse introduction to Luke's gospel. Luke was a doctor, intelligent guy, and Luke also wrote the book of Acts. But he writes at the beginning of his book these things. He writes, many are wanting to talk about it. How many of us are talking about Jesus this Christmas? How many people are recognising that he is the reason for it? Think of an event or a time that something has happened that has so rocked your world for good or for bad that you can't stop sharing about it. If I said to you right now, what event would you go, this event has rocked my world or shaped my world, I can't stop thinking about it, what would it be, Russell and Mel? We had a good time yesterday, LL. We had a good time yesterday, LL. Good. I think Mel's going to say your wedding, but that's by the by. <laughs> Francis, the wedding. That wasn't a trick question. Anyone else? What has rocked your world? What event has either rocked your world or you know that you couldn't stop talking about it? Redundancy. That's not a positive thing. When you've lost something important to you and you'll still remember it now, won't you? All the facts, all the situation. Anyone on this side of the room? The birth of your grandchildren. Marie doesn't look old enough, does she, to be a grandma? She must have, she must have very good genetics. Liz? Um, when I went travelling around the world. How, how old were you when you went travelling around the world, Liz? Uh, and how many years ago was it? <laughs> Not many. Not many, okay. Think about it, though. There were events that you can't stop talking about. If somebody talks about them, you can't. 9-11... There is an event that is worldwide and everybody on this planet knows where they were probably. I can tell you 
I was teaching at a school and I walked into the television room with a class of children to watch something educational. And I turned the television on at just the moment that the second plane hit the second tower. And I stood there thinking it was a drama. The children behind me were chattering away. They were oblivious to it and I just could not believe my eyes. So I can talk about that because I was there, it happened, it was significant. Maybe the day Princess Diana died. I can remember that, I can remember where I was, I can remember how I heard, I can remember the situation around it. Some of you may be old enough to remember when JFK was shot. Anyone? Surely sticking a hand up. So, I'm a, it's good that you remembered. Alan and Hilly couldn't remember it, obviously. That's beyond them, is all I can say. So JFK, you remember those things, you talk about them, yeah, because they're significant. We're not really going to talk in 100 years' time about how many plant pots there were at Spring Mount. Some people might, but they'd be really sad. Okay? Some people might want to know how many times I push my glasses up my nose, but I very much doubt it. But we know significant things, even more light-hearted moments. Last year, Liverpool winning 7-0 at Manchester United. Yes. <laughs> Liverpool winning 5-0 at Manchester United. Yes. Liverpool winning 4-1. I could go on and on and on about all those significant results and the fact that Mo Salah has got booked more times for taking his shirt off celebrating a goal than Manchester United have scored goals against Liverpool in recent years. Very exciting. But you can't stop sharing or talking about it. You can't stop going on about it because it's significant, it's exciting. What does Luke say at the beginning of his account of the life of Jesus? He says, many are talking about it. Many are talking about it. Why? Because it's significant, it's important, it's historical, it's incredibly important. Luke, the doctor, many are talking, but eyewitness accounts have been collected, they've been collated, and Luke, the doctor, wants to get it all down in a letter to his friend Theophilus. Why? So he can be certain of what he's been told. So he can be certain of what he's heard. Not wishy-washy, a hope, but there's a certainty. Do you know, there is a certainty with Christ. There is a certainty today and there's a certainty forever and there's a certainty yesterday. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Everyone is talking about it. You know, this is no once upon a time fairy tale. This is no once upon a time there lived a man. This is somebody <laughs> writing a letter to his friend saying, you need to know that this is true because many are talking about it. There was no point in writing things down. In those days, in this culture, if there was no reason for writing it down, they wouldn't write it down. It was too expensive. You know, we've said before, even kings of those days would get four lines of biography maybe, not a lot, because it was so expensive to write on parchment, to do those things. Jesus has got four whole biographies about him. Why? because he's significant, because he's important, because it's important that we know who he is and what he stood for. Do you know, Jesus, everybody was talking about him. What else does Luke say? He says it was carefully investigated, carefully investigated. Not just a brief, what do you think? Not just a meeting down the shops, how have you done today? This was carefully researched, investigated. That sounds pretty thorough to me. You know, when we've had incidents with our children, we try, or even foster children, we try not to jump to conclusions. 
We try to find out the full story. One of the reasons is that we listen to reliable sources. This sounds really significant about my kids, doesn't it? It sounds like I was like, right, okay, let's go around investigating them. We listen to reliable sources and we get as many of those as possible before we listen to the full story from the horse's mouth. Particularly with foster children, it has to be said. Because it's important to know the viewpoints of several people first. It's important to know all the perspectives going on so that we know what actually is the truth that's happened. And the reason we do that is that's because once they tell us themselves, we've got background. And we listen to all those things. Luke clearly is saying that's what he did, carefully investigating so he could know for sure what was true. And ultimately, the truth is Jesus was born. Jesus lived. Jesus was followed. He died and rose again and ascended into heaven. Luke carefully investigated. If you're a Christian today, how exciting is it to hear some of these words? This isn't once upon a time. This is a faith you can be certain and sure, not just fairy tale. If you're not a Christian today, if you don't believe or if you've just come because you, you like to get out of the cold, not that it's much warmer in here, then actually you need to hear it. Luke said many are talking about it. It's been carefully investigated and I want you to be certain of what you've heard. How exciting is that? Eyewitness testimony. It's today it's Advent. And somebody said there's been a whole thing shared on social media that you could start a new tradition. That Who has an Advent calendar? Okay. Oh, Jake and Liz. Very good. I remember when the Advent calendar, you opened the window, it was a picture of a carol singer or something like that. Now it's a chocolate. I was in the Lint shop yesterday. I love Lindor. But I am not paying 15 quid for 24 windows of chocolate when you can buy probably 24 pounds worth, well, you can probably buy 15 pounds worth of chocolate and get more chocolate. Who wants a calendar? Just have the chocolate. Absolutely. Thank you. I agree. But anyway, Advent, you can read a chapter a day of Luke's gospel because there's 24 chapters. So actually you could say, right, this Christmas, I'm going to get to Christmas Eve and I'm going to know what's been carefully researched, what everybody's talking about and what I can be certain of because Luke is 24 chapters long. So, some scholars have argued that the stories of Jesus were written 40 years after the events. That's really close by which means there's no time for legend and myth and exaggerations to be added. In 40 years' time, I could say to Wes Sam, I'm picking Wes Sam and Ewan because they're likely to be still alive in 40 years' time. In 40 years' time, I could say to them, do you remember what Alison said about me in that service? And they might go, no, because it was so insignificant, it didn't matter. But you know what? They might remember that there was 11 plant pots. They might remember that I pushed my glasses up my nose a lot. I've got a friend I went to school with, and you knew, I think I've said this before, you knew when he was going to shoot at football, because every time he went like that, it was so he could focus on the goal. So you knew he was going to do that, bam. So actually, these were written and shared in the lifetimes of those eyewitnesses to the life, the death, and the resurrection. People who were there would have gone, hold on a minute, that's not true. Wouldn't they? Surely. Hostile witnesses we're recognising that even those who desperately wanted to shut down the message of Jesus, the ones that killed him, the ones that ultimately put him to his death, wanted to shut it down and would have corrected instantly any false teachings that were there. 
Let's compare 40 years after the events with Alexander the Great. Have you all heard of Alexander the Great? Okay. Alexander the Great, the first two biographies of Alexander the Great were written 400 years after he lived. 400 years after he lived. Jesus, within 30 to 40 years. Okay? And yet nobody goes, well, I don't believe in Alexander the Great. And actually, it's recognised by historians that it wasn't until 200 years after that that legend started to creep in. So therefore, historical authenticity says within 500 years is usually okay. But 30 to 40, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Luke also wrote the book of Acts, which has been reliably dated at around AD 60. So again, 30 years around after Jesus lived and died. So that means the book of Luke can definitely be dated before that. The gospel of Luke is the equivalent today of a historical news flash. It's the equivalent of that update instant on Sky News. The gospel of Luke is the equivalent of a now, 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 here it is, read all about it. Not, oh, let's wait for a biography at the end of a lifetime. That's exciting, isn't it? It's fresh. It means that there's no room for error. There's no room for mistake. But let's quickly get to some of those eyewitnesses. The first thing we need to hear, though, is Luke is reliable. He carefully investigated. Everybody was talking about it. He interviewed eyewitnesses, and he wanted people to know that it was a certainty. So let's have a look at some of the things he did. Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 20 says this. Today's service will be a little bit different. I'll try not to be too long. (laughs) There you go. Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 20 says this. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem, let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel told them. Shepherds. What does it say about the shepherds? They amazed everybody. I don't think people were often amazed by shepherds. They were insignificant people, and yet people heard that they were talking about Jesus, and everybody was amazed. Yet they saw and shared Not only that, but hopefully we've got a video, I'm hoping. There's a short video that is an explanation of why those shepherds would have been even more excited to rush and see the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Swallowed like a pass 
Actually, those shepherds were excited to go because this baby was born in that cave which would have been reserved normally for the Passover lamb so that it was swaddled to not scratch itself. We don't see those things because we don't understand them, but in those times they would have known. And sometimes it takes careful research. Do you know the thing that makes me most sad is when people write off Jesus without doing that careful investigation without doing that looking into things so that they can be certain, as Luke tried to say to Theophilus. Because he offers a certainty in life that no one else can give. We read about Mary. It says Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Do you know, Mary had experienced the birth. She'd experienced the pain. She'd experienced the loneliness. She'd experienced the rejection. She'd experienced the, the worry of being possibly even killed for not being married she'd experienced all those things and yet she treasured up the responses of others she wasn't shamed she wasn't shunned in fact people praised God because of what had happened through her today we can go through the gospel of Luke and we can see all these eyewitness statements from Luke chapter 2 verses um, 25 to 35 where it says Simeon came and said sovereign Lord you've promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation he'd seen Jesus he'd seen the salvation of the world he'd seen the one that was promised later on in Luke chapter 2 Anna there was a prophet Anna the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher she was very old she'd lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was a widow she never left the temple worshipped day and night fasting and praying she came up to him at that very moment and gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem but we can't have Christmas it's pointless without Easter And Luke chapter 23, the centurion says this, it was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. Now, that sounds insignificant. The centurion was the man in charge. He was the main man in charge of the crucifixion. And yet, when Jesus breathed his last, he said, surely this was a righteous man. In fact, in the Greek, it can be translated as, this was the righteous one. In other accounts, it says, this was the Son of God. The man in charge of putting him to death said, surely this was the righteous one. Eyewitness. Somebody who perhaps shouldn't have believed but did let's fast forward even more a roll call this piece of documentation is dated to within just two or three years of Jesus's death and resurrection that's pretty close would you agree who can tell me what they were doing two to three years ago most of us sorry lockdown there you go significant events two to three years ago This was the central claim of the early church that was written down by Paul as a creed. This was being declared by the early church. It says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 9, in the New Living Translation. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive today, though some have now died. 
Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, though, I had been, as if I'd been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, for I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. In a court of law, I think you'd find over 500 witnesses would have a pretty good shout of getting a result. Whatever your thoughts on Jesus are this morning, as we go into Christ, Christmas, as we go into Christmas, may you know the certainty of Jesus. May you know that it was thoroughly researched. May you know that everybody was talking about it. May you know that it was talked about with amazement by shepherds, that there was significance to where he was. But may you also know that people witnessed his death and resurrection. People saw him after he'd been put to death. People saw him, more than 500 people. And Paul said, even I saw him, and I was going around killing people in the church. And yet, what made him change? The risen saviour. So this Christmas, as we go into this season, as we start our event, why don't you start reading Luke's Gospel? You've only got a couple of days to catch up. It's the 3rd of December. Read three chapters today, or two chapters for the next few days, and get to Christmas Eve and recognise what Luke researched so that his friend could be certain. And maybe as you read it, you can be certain too of the man who was born to die for us so that we could celebrate not just his birth, his death and resurrection let's pray Father God I thank you for the eyewitness accounts that have been carefully restored and, and written and faithfully written down Father I pray today that we will not just write off Jesus that we will not just assume because we've seen bad religion or we've seen false churches or we've seen other things go on may we recognise that Jesus was the one promised was the one who loved, who lived, and who died and rose again so that we could live. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his birth, but I thank you even more for his death. I thank you even more that he paid the price I couldn't pay. And I pray, Lord, today that we will go away and treasure these things, like Mary, that we will go away and read through your word and see how many other eyewitnesses' accounts there are of the things that happened that everybody was talking about, that were carefully researched, and so that people would follow the King of Kings. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Paul.